Hello everyone, I am back from the UK. I had an amazing trip. Saw so many old friends and made some new friends and went to an ancient standing stone that really blew my mind. I think I'm still trying to process Avebury um, in the pouring rain. And I did not do one lick of work the entire time I was gone, which is something I really wanted to achieve. Um, I had all my, you know, study books out, ready to go. I didn't have very much room in my luggage because my luggage is super small. Um, and then I just went, you know what? I don't remember the last time that I went somewhere or did something and did not bring work with me. I think I checked my email the day that we were leaving and I checked one other time during the trip, but I left all work at home and it felt so good and a little bit scary now that I'm back because then I'm like, what am I doing? Who am I? What what am I supposed to do to like make things work again? All the stuff. But I don't regret it. I really was present as much as I could be with each person that we were with and in each place that we went to. I want to remind everybody that listens that you can sign up for my email and find out all the things that are going on, um, you know, that are coming up all the affordable workshops that I have coming in the near future. You can also find out, you know, other other places, other things I'm going to be doing. I offer gift certificates. So if you're looking for something different this holiday season, if you're interested in offering an experience, I do mindful archery lessons. I have one-on-one rage walking in the wood. I have mindful archery groups and I have meditative archery groups. One-on-one meditative archery, one-on-one mindful archery. I have one-on-one teen mindful archery, family-friendly archery, you name it. You can go to my website and find it. Also, don't forget that I'm a spiritual director. So if you're looking for soul care, somebody to walk with you through your deconstruction, or I don't want to say reconstruction because I don't think everybody reconstructs, but finding a new path forward, finding a way to engage in a spiritual practice or anything. You know, you're on this, (laughs) you've been listening to this podcast, you know what I do. And that's also what I offer. So Those are things that the email will tell you about. Also something that didn't make it into the email because it came after I put the email out is I will be on Kathy Escobar's When Christmas is Blue, virtual contemplative experience for people struggling with this season. It's Sunday, December 4th, 3 p.m. to 4.30 MST, Mountain Standard Time. It'll be on Zoom. So you have to sign up, I believe, to find out what... Oh, no, you can register. So learn it on the fly. If you follow Kathy Escobar, 
You go to her website. She has it posted. She has put a bit.ly link to this Zoom. It'll be... Um, it just, it's, it's another way of holding this time. It's holding all the things. It's holding grief and trauma and struggle and performance and all the stuff. All the stuff that we talk about here, we'll be talking about there, and I will be offering something as well. I will put the link to that in the show notes so you don't have to remember all the things. Okay, here we go. episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. My pronouns are she, they, and I am on the unceded land of the Multnomah, Wasco, Calitz, Kathlamet, Clackamas, Bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, and many other tribes that lived and made their homes where I live and make my home. I know that last month, it was Indigenous Peoples Month, and I want to remind everybody that that doesn't stop. One month does not cover that. So just, just be paying attention to that if you're in the United States, Canada, South America. Be thinking about what you can do, ways that you can give back during this holiday season. Not just a month that brings awareness to something, but continued, like we talk about all the time on this podcast. What I want to talk about today, I've got my tea. I can see the smoke rising, the steam. It's not really smoke, is it? The steam rising from my cup. My house is pretty chilly. I had that candle going that I had going last week, and the popping sound was so loud I had to blow it out. I tried moving it across the room, and that didn't work. It was so loud. It was louder than a fireplace, maybe. Anyway, but tea is enough. I have my tea. I want to invite you to come into this place like I did last week, that your day so far, whether you've just gotten up, maybe you had a rough night's sleep, or you had a hectic day yesterday, or this whole day was one, you know, you were putting out one fire after another, Maybe your kids are struggling. Maybe your friends are struggling. Maybe you're struggling. Whatever you can do right now to enter this space that makes it feel good to you, this is a way that we can practice. That's what these podcasts are about. We're practicing taking up space and taking time for ourselves. And this is a way that you can do that. So with me right now, wherever you're at, Get in a place where you can breathe. You know, I like to shut my eyes. So I'm going to close my eyes. My feet are firmly on the ground. And I'm going to take a few deep breaths in through my nose and out through my mouth. I'd love for you to join me.
And as you continue to breathe and find a rhythm with your breath, I want you to say to yourself any version of this. This is a place, this is a time where I can come fully as myself. This is a place, this is a time when I can come show up fully as myself. This is a place, this is a time where I can come and show up fully as myself. (sighs) Keep saying it in a rhythm with your breath and with your body. And as you say it, maybe you can feel your body relax. Notice. Notice those places that are tight, that are clenching or gripping. And try to visualize allowing them to relax. This is a place, this is a time where I can show up fully as myself. Relax. I don't have any expectations on you. I have some expectations on myself that I can communicate clearly, that I'm able to tell you the things that are in my heart and on my mind, and hopefully it'll be helpful for you that will relieve maybe some of the tenderness you might feel, some of the clinching that you're doing maybe will loosen up a little bit. I don't know, but that's my hope. So really as the person that's doing this podcast, I have some expectations on myself. I try to be pretty, you know, pretty free and non-judgmental when I listen back. I can't say that I always am. You know, I can hear mistakes that I thought I edited out, you know, or... You know, I'm a novice, even though I've been doing this for six seasons. I'm still a novice using my phone and uh, no mic and minimal equipment because I want to prove that you can do this on a very tight budget, that anybody can do this. You just have to have a phone and a free app. And um, I'm not saying that I never will advance. I mean, it's something that I'm thinking about, but... That said, I am trying to be aware that there are going to be some rough edges and I'm not trying to hide the rough edges. In fact, I like to see podcasts that have some rough edges to them that aren't too distracting but are bringing the real of what it's like to try to do this. So with that, I hope that you are relaxed. I hope that you are in a place where... You can listen where there's no pressure on you to perform or do or be, you know, anything other than what you are. If, if you're not in a relationship, if you're not in a place with your family or your friends where you can show up fully as you, I want this place. I know it's in some ways it's imaginary because we're not in the same room together. But it's not imaginary for me. 
And so this is a place where you can show up fully as yourself and be embraced by me because I want that for myself and I want that for you. I want to do less pretending, less hiding, more of myself fully coming forward into the world and allowing space and care for others to bring themselves fully forward into the world exactly as they are, exactly as they're supposed to be. And with that, I, I want to remind everybody of the previous podcasts that have been centered around holiday survival tips and tricks, you know, hashtag holiday survival tips and tricks, hashtag holiday survival guides. I still think it's weird to say hashtag in front of stuff, but, you know, for the sake of ease of finding things, some of the things that I've done, you'll find it under those hashtags. Some of them, when I put stuff out, I haven't remembered to do the hashtag, so you can find pretty much everything I've done around the holidays, the survival guides, the tips and tricks on my website. You just have to go back to the podcasts from every season and go from October, November, December, maybe into January, and they'll all be right there. So it's pretty easy. But so far we've had making your own mantra. If you haven't done that or either of you know the podcasts that I've done so far around this, if you haven't taken time to do the things that we've talked about and you want to, now would be a really good time to stop the podcast and go listen to those. They're pretty, it's pretty simple. It's, I'm not doing anything super complicated because I want things that are easy for me to try immediately and that's what I want for you. And for me, the mantras have been an easy gateway to start to repeat things and get things into my body and get things into my psyche, you know, get a rhythm of I am enough. I can do hard things or I don't have to always do hard things or whatever it is, you know, I'm getting those into my body on repeat. I'm saying them to you every week, the things that I think are the most pertinent to hear on a regular basis, at least for me. And I'm saying them to you. So hopefully by this time, you've been able to come up with your own mantra or mantras for this holiday season. Whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate, there will be pressures. There will be work parties, there will be friend parties, there will be family pressures, religious institution pressures, even if you do not follow a a particular God. You will have pressures and the mantra is there to help you ground down into yourself again and remember that you don't have to perform like other people want you to perform. The other one that we talked about right before I left on my vacation was we talked about creating a list and Again, if you haven't been able to do that, it doesn't have to be like an extensive list. I'm reading a book right now. It's an amazing book. But the chapters are pretty intense. They're not intense, the reading part, 
But when I get to the part where she is asking me to make lists or come up with a new vocational statement or whatever it is, it's, it's going to take me like an hour and inevitably I haven't put an hour aside to do the thing that I'm doing. So it's a lot and I don't want, I don't want to create another thing that you have to do that, that is intense. It can be, you start the list and then you get one thing on that list and then you are going about your day and you remember another thing and you add it to the list or maybe right away you think of five. The list is for what have you said yes to and regretted in this holiday season? And what did you wish that you could have done instead? So one of the things that I still have a little bit of grief around is I have talked about it a lot on this, so I'm not going to get into the details of my family situation. But there's been a lot of estrangement um, because of people's unwillingness to admit that I was abused as a child and um, I have to carry that. I have to do whatever I'm going to do. And it's been a lot of different things over the years as I've learned to develop stronger boundaries, know who I am, say no, so many things. You know, this is a... I started doing this when I was pregnant with my son and he's 22. So this is a very long journey. But one of the things that I did, and I'm pretty sure I talked about it on this podcast, probably in my very first season, was I spend a lot of time, even now, going over my boundaries if I'm going to be around my family. And this is my birth family. And I spend a lot of effort. How do I want to show up? What do I, what am I not okay with? Am I okay with hugging, not hugging? You know, how can I stay more in myself than I ever have before around these people that aren't always safe for me? Most of the time they're not. And then even more important to me and has come relatively recently, probably in the last year is I didn't have words for it before. I think it was there, you know, where you're like, oh, this is what that is. And what it is, is I don't want to betray myself. I, I don't want to betray myself anymore. So if I'm in a situation where somebody wants to hug and I'm not okay with hugging, but I haven't thought about it, and then I'm put in a situation where I have to hug somebody, it feels like betraying myself. It hurts me. It's a I feel like, I don't know if this is the right word, but it feels kind of like a soul wound because I'm having to do something that I wouldn't do and I I would choose differently had I prepared for it. And you can't always prepare for everything. So one of the things that happened that I would put on this list is I've said yes to going to things for the sake of any kind of tiny relationship I could have with my extended family. And it's been painful to me in many ways over the years. Very painful. I mean, not to mention traumatic. And I realized, you know, a few years ago that 
I said yes to things that I probably should have said no to. Even though they were boundaried, I always had bookended things so I didn't have to stay too long. It was mostly on my terms, what I was willing to put up with and not, so it felt very boundaried to me and as safe as I could make it. And yet, like I've talked about on here with a mantra I came up with, Just because I can doesn't mean I should. Just because I have the resilience to endure certain people who don't believe me or don't show me that they believe me and still hang out with the people that abused me. Just because I have the resilience to endure that, to handle that, to have it not be maybe as traumatic as it would have been because I have all these tools doesn't mean that I should. So that's a big one for me. Some of some of the other ones might be, you know, I don't want to host something. And so I said yes to, to going to something that maybe just because I didn't want to host something didn't mean that I wanted to do the thing that I said, yeah, yes, I would go to. Now what I've built in place of that family one is I really try to not go. I spend some time thinking about it, but I made I make other plans. Um, I don't really have time anyway, so that makes it easier. When my kids come home, I'm spending time with my kids. When they come home for Christmas, because I don't get to see them very often, I'm spending every waking moment that I'm allowed (laughs) to spend with them, spending with them. And also letting them do their own thing with their friends in town. But I'm not going to then go to family. If my family was different and pursuing health and easy to be around and had had acknowledged what had happened to me as a child and made it safe for me, it would be different. It would look different. I would make time. So that's what I've said yes to and regretted and then wished that I had done instead. And that's just always with chosen family or just hanging out with my kids. And... You know, what you're going to find, if you haven't already found it, when you started that list, is more things will come. And they might be little small things that were a blip on the screen at the time, like maybe one year you got a bonus from work and you went out and you bought everybody really nice presents, you know, extended family even. Because you were just like, I finally get to reciprocate and get people nice things. And then it left you feeling kind of empty. Because you were maybe, maybe it wasn't coming from a place where you wanted to do it. It was coming from a place where you felt like that you were obligated to do it because now you had the money. Anything. That's kind of bigger than, (laughs) than maybe. A small thing, because it's me, you all, and I can never think of just small things. It's always something weighty or heavy or something that I'm still kind of like wrestling with in myself. Um, But the the list isn't to shame you. It isn't to point out, oh, look at you. You should have done different. I was just vulnerable with you with a thing that I did and wish that I had done differently. But at the time or times, if I'm honest, that was what I knew how to do. And each time I knew how to do differently, I tried to do differently. So I can be sad about it and there's a little grief in there and that's 
totally understandable because I put myself through something that I didn't need to put myself through. I also, in some ways, taught my children that they could endure things and maybe they should endure things. It didn't look to me like that at the time. It looked to me like I was very boundaried because it was very boundaried. But I didn't have the power to go, I will not do that anymore. And so I'm not going to beat myself up for the courage it took to do the things that I was doing because I didn't know now, I didn't know then what I know now. And what I know now is I'm going to choose something different. So the list is for you to gain understanding of why you say yes or no to things so that you can give yourself more space to not be resentful or to be exhausted or to feel like your boundaries are always being crossed. People are poking at you or saying things to you that maybe to somebody else would be very mild, but to you, it hurts you every time. When people make comments about your body that are passive aggressive or aggressive aggressive, it is hurtful. Even if you've done work and you're fat positive and you're like, I love my body and I, I can be in the world exactly as I am, it still hurts. And sometimes what we need to do is say, I'm not going to do that anymore. Or I'm not going to do that this year. I'm going to take a break this year and not expose myself to all the things that we talked about on other episodes about the nasty things that people say that they think are for our best interests, that you're going to tap out this year and you're going to go, I'm going to do only nice and soft things like we've, like we discussed. But that's what the list is for to kind of give you an idea to not be, you know, blindsided by things that are coming. When you, if you took a moment to sit with it, you'd know, okay, this happens every year. It's probably going to happen this year. How can I mitigate that damage or stop that damage altogether? So just to give a little more meat and muscle and all the stuff on the bones of what I'm trying to build here for myself and for you with the mantras and the lists, this is what I'm trying to build. Not just for you, but for me. Because even when I'm talking to you, I'm thinking about the ways that I've said yes to things that I kind of go, do I want to do that this year? Maybe it isn't even traumatic. Maybe it's just like, I don't know if I want to do that this year. What do I want to do? Oh man, what a a concept. What do I want to do? What does Angie want to do? And what does that look like in a place where there's other people involved because I am a mom and I'm a partner to Todd and I don't get to just do what I want to do but I can have conversations about what would feel good to me and have conversations with the people in my life about what would feel good to them to shape something different and I can't do that if I haven't really thought about it and and haven't looked back where I've said yes, no, done, gone, all the stuff 
and it hurt me or it made me resentful or bitter or withholding. I want less of that and more of me and more of love and more of compassion and more of generosity. I want to bring generosity with me. I can't bring generosity with me if I've put myself in places that make me resentful or cause bitterness or I'm exhausted because I haven't said no. I want to live in the world more generously than stingily. (laughs) That's my goal. And along with this, because we're building something, like I said, we're building that container that isn't going to get it right, but is attempting to make it safe and soft and secure for us to make different kinds of decisions with the people that we love. That's my dog. And... We can't do that unless we take time. We can't do that efficiently, really, I think, unless we take time to look at the container that we have right now and the ways that we have to shore up maybe where it's weak or be realistic. Like, I've, uh, you know, my, my big thing is I want things to be magical. And I'm disappointed when they're not magical. I realize I'm saying that with an accent, but... Uh, I get caught up in the magic that I want and I'm looking for, you know, us all baking cookies, cut out cookies and we're we're doing our decoration contest and, you know, everybody's listening to Christmas music and happy and, you know, probably I stretch to say 60% of the time we'd be doing it would be like that. <laughs> You know, I want 100%. But really, maybe I'm getting 40 to 60. And inevitably, you know, it's not people are mad at each other, but it's just people get tired of decorating cookies. And then you kind of are like, is this even worth doing? And, you know, all the things. Um, So for me, it's like magic with realism. I have to be real about the way things usually go and being okay with the outcome. And if I'm not okay with the outcome, how can I change? How can I change my relationship with it? How can I be curious about something different in the process? How can I go? Well, is it about the decorating of the cookies or is it about time together? It's really about time together. So what do I want that to look like? Maybe making, you know, four, oh, that dog, she's just moaning and groaning. You know, making 120 cutout cookies and decorating them is not fun for everybody. So maybe I do just enough for us to eat. We decorate them. We listen to Christmas music. I have hot chocolate. I do the, I do the elements of the things that, create the magic and the intimacy that I want. That's what I want. So if I build this container, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be disappointed at any point, you know, from October to the end of January. 
that's unrealistic. I'm a human in the world and there's constant disappointment. But if I'm helping myself build the container, when the disappointment comes, I can allow myself to feel it because I need to feel it to exercise it. I need to feel it to exercise it. If I try to pretend it's not there, if I ignore it, if I feel like there's not time to properly feel it and then I don't go back to it, then I don't really exercise it. And what I want is for it to not rule me. I don't want it to rule you. So before I say goodbye, there's something that I want to leave you with. And it's something that came up for me when I was in the UK. And oddly enough, I don't think I've been to church in almost a year. And I usually work on Sundays and it's complicated. So probably for some of you it's complicated. Or you're just done. And and all of those things are right and okay. But last Sunday, when we were in the UK, I went to church twice. Did you hear that? I went to church twice. The first time my my best friend, one of my best friends, Katie, it was her 50th, and she is also the minister of this church. She co-ministers with her husband. And they wanted us to come to church. And so we went to church and then immediately had to catch our train, but we had enough time. So I won't go into how I felt, but it was it was complicated. It's always complicated. I had a lot of feelings. And... um then we found out our friend in London that we were staying with, Corin, was supposed to speak at his friend's church, just give a short message. And we were going to then go see Not a Surf, which I'd never seen in concert with him. I've never even been to a concert in London. It was pretty awesome. Um, and he was like, you can either come with me or you can meet me afterwards. But the venue for the show is right around the corner. So we found ourselves in church again. And this time it was a little less complicated for me because it felt a lot like how my church felt when it was coming to the end of its time. And I don't know if this is what's going to happen to this church. It's very small. Everybody was so kind. It didn't feel religious. And I think some of that is I'm not from the Church of England. So it doesn't trigger me the way that maybe another church would that I grew up in. So this didn't feel triggering at all. Everybody was nice, but not in that overly sweet nice. Um, Or they want something from you, which I think often happens in church. Um, But one of the things that happened was, and I had never thought about this before, and I think it can be applied to whatever you do, whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate. So this is not just about Christmas, but if you can go with me for a moment, I'm going to use Christmas as a catchphrase because that's what I've grown up celebrating. I know that some people are celebrating Hanukkah. Some people are celebrating Kwanzaa. Some people are celebrating more of a pagan calendar with the solstice. Whatever you are celebrating it can apply. 
So I hope that for the next five or 10 minutes that I'm talking to you, you can replace Christmas with whatever you do. But for the ease of trying to communicate this, I'm going to use Christmas. So at Christmas, um, the church has followed a, a calendar. Now, I didn't grow up following the calendar, so I don't know much about it, but it's Advent, and Advent started last Sunday. And one of the topics of Advent was peace. And so I heard two Advent services last Sunday. But one of the things that the minister said was he was talking about the busyness of the holiday season and gratitude and how it's a time, I'm not going to do sermon justice and it doesn't matter. You know, the ways that he as a kid had no idea, you know, what he had with his family. And when he was asked to be grateful for something, he literally could not think of one thing. You know, his friends, his video games, his TV in his room, he just, he could not think of one thing to be grateful for. Because gratefulness is a practice. But one of the other things that he said was centered around Advent and the church calendar. And so we'll just use Christmas time. So starts December 1st, ends the 31st, and then there's New Year's. So the church calendar, every Sunday, you would light a candle and celebrate a different Advent idea. Obviously, I practice Advent. And everything around you and everybody around you and every commercial or interaction that we were are having, not every, but I would say 80% of the time is monetized and about us doing more. So it's speeding up, it's... Doing, 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 getting all the presents, wrapping the presents, making magic, decorating your house, getting your Christmas tree, um, making all the cookies, going to all the parties, busy, 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 busy. And what he said, and this is what struck me, is Advent truly is about slowing down. So everything else is speeding up. We talked about this, like winter is a time where if I can just give myself permission, I can slow down because every other time, spring, summer, fall are my busiest times. And now things are starting to slow down. It's getting darker. Can I slow down with it? Or can I add things, even if I can't slow down because of work, can I add slowness to my life? Can I take a warm bath, bubble bath? Can I go to bed early? Can I shut off the television and read a book? Can I light candles and listen to music and have a conversation with the people around me? Can we do a puzzle or play a game? Whatever it is that can bring slowness, bringing slowness. But it struck me because I have never heard that this time, Advent, I was going to say Adventally, this time in Advent, The sole purpose is to slow down so that you can meet whatever you're supposed to meet in this time. You're supposed to meet, you know, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to meet 
Jesus truly, not church Jesus, not not church God. You're supposed to meet, you know, Mary giving birth to Jesus in a manger, the the blood and the guts and the 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 animals and the the mess of it. That's that's what we're preparing ourselves for and you don't have to be a Christian or to celebrate any holiday in this time to know that to slow down is the antithesis of what is happening right now. So it's an act of, it's almost, it's, it's an act of rebellion. In the face of busy, 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 do, 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 spend, 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 be all you can be, which is a military phrase, but be the best of yourself, you know. The antithesis of that is to be slow, to combat spending and busy with gentleness and softness and slowness. What we're, what we started out talking about with this time is how can I be soft with myself? How can I not worry about what people are going to think and say about me? How can I build love into my container, love for myself? How can I tell myself the truth, which is you are worth loving? How can I tell myself the truth, you deserve time? How can I tell myself the truth, what you can give is enough? That's slowness. That's meeting this time, meeting the darkness that comes at four with how can I join with it? So if you can be thinking, whatever context you're in, maybe you're in a post-Christian context, maybe you're in a atheist context, maybe you're in a you know, I could, you know, I can list it and I don't need to list it. Whatever the context you are in, how can you approach it with slowness? And that doesn't mean you're not going to go to parties. That doesn't mean you're not going to celebrate. But maybe slowness would look like you set aside time one evening a week until Christmas and you're having apple cider and you're making gifts or you're having apple cider or hot cocoa or mold wine and you're writing very specific loving letters to the people in your life and that's what you're going to do for Christmas maybe it looks like maybe it does look like baking but it's baking in the way that you want to do it it's again it's it's sort of like another way of making a list but it's an inside list of saying what could that look like for me and maybe it for you the slowing down means means including people maybe it means once a week you're going to invite a couple people over and you're not going to be fancy but you made soup and you're going to have a conversation, you're going to create coziness. If you're Dutch, gezellig, 
cozy. You're going to create cozy time. And it doesn't have to be two, three hours. It's just like, I have an hour, hour and a half. I want to have soup with you. I want to talk about our dreams and our hopes. Maybe other people want to host it. Maybe that's slow to you because that is coming in the opposite way to frenzy and doing, doing, doing. It's like, nope, this is what I'm doing. It's... It's reframing things in a way that work for you instead of joining the stream of rat race, the stream of monetizing everything, you're not worth the time, do what everybody else is doing. And I do want to call out that anytime you do something different, it feels very strange. Like I talked about at the beginning of this, I don't, I didn't bring any work with me. And that felt very strange to not be checking my email, to not be responding to people right away, you know, on Instagram or Facebook Messenger or whatever to go, no, I am going to be here. I am going to be present. I'm going to have a good time. I'm not going to think about my responsibilities other than the ones that, you know, the parenting require me to do. It's just taking a different look and and looking for ways that you can slow down. And they're going to be unique to you. What works for me may not work for you. I would love it if you come up, if you come up with a real good one or even just a silly one that you share it. There's, there's ways to share it on Anchor or you can post it to my Instagram. I'd love to know ways that you're like putting, <laughs> giving the middle finger to busyness. And you're saying, no, we're going to do it this way. The other thing I want to just encourage people to do is don't force people to do what you're trying to do when you slow down. My parents went through this phase and maybe if you were raised in the church, your parents also went through this phase where they decided they were going to read scripture every morning to us. Or there was another time where they took away the TV because they, we were watching too much TV. They had the TV in the room and continued to watch it, but who cares about double, double standards? I know those are different and they're silly examples, but it's like, because my parents decided that everybody needed to do this, then we had to do it. We didn't have a choice, and it was not fun. Be creative. Talk to your family. Talk to your friends, whoever's involved or you want to be involved in what you're doing, and ask them if they're interested or what it could look like for them. And the more creative and curious and collaborative you are, the more fun it's going to be because the more people that love you and that you love will want to be involved. But if you're like, we're not doing this this Christmas and you're forcing everybody to do it, that's, I was going to say that's only fun for you, but it's probably not even going to be fun for you because then you're having to drag people along with you and that's not fun. So just be thinking or don't think about it. (laughs) But it spoke to me. It spoke to me slowness and coming in the opposite direction, the opposite way of being, the opposite of what everybody else is doing. And granted, I don't have 
like like not checking my email, it was awkward because I didn't have anything to replace it with. So it might be awkward in the beginning when you try to figure it out. Maybe it'll never get fully comfortable, but maybe it'll get comfortable next year. But it's a way of nurturing that container in yourself that you're trying to build. And that's that's all it is. Nurturing you, nurturing that container, building it up in, gen- in gentle, sustainable, soft, slow ways that feel good to you. And that's it. I want you to take care of yourself. We are in December now. That's when things start to ramp up. That's when the pressure invisible and visible starts to ramp up. So take care of yourself. Step out if you need to. Shut things off if you need to. Take hot baths and showers. Whatever gets you away from people if you need to get away. Taking care of yourself because you're worth it. You are worth loving. You are worth knowing. You are worth being in this world. Take care, everybody. I love you.